Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. So what would you say a business owner today needs to know if they're either starting a new website or just want their existing website to be up-to-date, quote-unquote, SEO-wise? Like, what do they need to be aware of, have their eye on? And also, what kinds of things are like, okay, like the meta tags, right? Or old school, don't let anyone pitch you this. It's garbage. They're idiots. Right. Okay. Uh, All right. SEO, there are four main ingredients, uh, let's call them. Uh, First and foremost is content. Uh, the text you put on your website. If you are not talking about cats, you're never going to be ranking for cats. Uh, Or if you are talking about cats, you're never going to be ranking for dogs, right? It's kind of common sense, but a lot of people, unfortunately, just don't even think about it. They think if uh, just they have one word somewhere, we sell black dresses. That's all you need. No, you need to have actual proper content. Typically, as a kind of average benchmark, about a thousand words on a page. If you have maybe like six, 700 minimum. If you have any fewer than that, it's gonna be very difficult to compete. Uh, six, at the seven, same, six, 700 words on the page. At least, I would say. Uh, and then after that, think about what value you're providing. Do not just write, like don't have a lot of fluff and water in there. It needs to be actually helpful if I am researching some kind of product or service and I go to your website, does that text, does that content help me understand better what I actually need to do, how you are going to be solving that problem for me, how you're different from other competitors and things like that. Uh, So be helpful. So yeah, content is number one and probably the best, not the best, but the most important one. Then uh, second Uh, backbone really that's what it is it's the backbone of your website is what we call technical SEO or technical optimization and it comes down to pretty much making sure that your website loading quickly Uh, especially nowadays everybody on their phones if people people, nowadays people are impatient if it takes more than a couple seconds for the website to load to be interactive they're just going to leave right so that's very important, making sure that it loads, that pages are not broken, that it looks decent and good, usable on, on phones. So that's the technical part of it. Okay, one second, a question there. Is there any platform that's specifically good or bad for that? Or like what, what does that relate to? To where you're hosting it, to what you're using? Uh, so biggest, biggest, What's, what's affecting that the most is the system your website is built on. So if you are using old version of WordPress or some kind of theme developed with no care, it's gonna affect the loading, loading speed a lot. Or if you are using some kind of like a Squarespace website with tons and tons of plugins, that's not gonna be working either. 
um, that's that's what affects the loading speeds and just how it looks the most. And then of course the actual if you're using templates or whoever codes your website, it's the coding itself. Do they know what they're doing? Uh, so and do they check on mobile and tablet and make sure that it actually looks properly? Uh, so those are really the two main ones. Yeah. Uh, hosting. Um, tool do you use to check um, across devices? I came across a really good one years ago and then I never found a really good one again. Uh, there is, um, honestly, we do not use that the tools okay. because tools are, they are kind of faking device, that they're not faking devices, they're faking screen sizes. So uh, for example, iPhone, some kind of uh, Samsung Android, even though they might be the same screen size, they might have completely different ways of kind of working. So even though some kind of online tool will help you to give you, give you a basic idea, it will not actually show you necessarily a real world. So we use physical devices uh, here, but we can afford it. Now, uh, the easiest way uh, in your browser, if you right click and uh, there's a little menu, yeah, inspect element. I use a lot. And then, and then, I use these days. You go yeah, and then there is the, like the mobile and you toggle desktop and mobile version. Yeah, and like Chrome nowadays, they have devices. So that's probably the best tool to the real world um, if you don't have actual devices. And it's free, so. Yeah, yeah and it is free, yes. Uh, and then other tools, um, we just kind of don't trust them enough, basically. Uh, good to know, right? Yeah. Like I also had, and that makes sense, I guess, right? Like I think I found something years ago that I liked and I couldn't find anything since then, so I've been doing exactly that, right? Click, inspect, and toggle. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the way it goes. Okay, three and four. All right, uh, so after technical, it comes down to user experience. Nowadays, it's a huge, huge, huge part of it. And I mentioned kind of in the beginning of our, uh, our recording here that that's the main goal of Google nowadays, provide the best user experience for people who use Google. Uh, and the user experience umbrella is very huge. There are people who literally user experience designers and they spend all day long kind of figuring out the best way to build websites and platforms and all, all, all those things. Uh, in short is just make sure your website or app makes sense. It's easy to use. That's what it comes down to. Uh, if you are like, I don't know, let's say, can you easily find whatever you're looking for? Can you easily navigate through pages? Uh, can you even like if let's say there's some kind of button thing and you click on it like uh, does it actually work uh, if there are contact forms and submission forms if you fill it out does it actually submit the form and Google knows if it does or doesn't like that's part of what they check for I don't um, back end things tied up the the you're talking about registration when they come meaning what's being tracked the setup or the usability it's so are you talking about the google i'm not so to me seo is search engine optimization right so i'm looking at this list of four things which we're up to number three of things that you would do to your website to make it more likely that google will be your friend and give right. you a higher ranking right yeah 
So search engine optimization is nowadays, it's kind of like a, 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 almost a service in a sense. Mm -hmm. The way you should be thinking about it, proper SEO is optimization for search engine. It's not search engine optimization. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that way, when you say optimize your websites, so the search engines like them. Exactly. So that involves quite a bit more. How does Google or any other search engines know when user experience is bad? Well, a simple, the, the simplest way, uh, there's a metric called bounce rate. And bounce rate is when somebody goes to your website and it's so bad, they leave right away or within a short period of time or without browsing many pages. Uh, there's also turn pogo sticking. So you basically go there and just jump back off, jump right back off. Enough people do that. And let's say you rank somehow magically rank number one, but your user experience is so bad that everybody goes to your website, spends a couple of seconds and just leaves right away. Enough people do that, Google will notice that and understand that and they will start ranking down more and more and more. Okay, that was my question. It's interactive, meaning Google is not tracking what you've done. It's tracking the results of what you've created. So when you make your website easy to use and friendly and people come and they find what they're looking for, what Google's tracking is the behavior of the people yeah. who are showing up. And that's right. what tells them, ooh, and it's, kind of, it's very simple, right? It's like I have children, right? So I send my kids to someone's house and depending what they say to me when they come home is are they going to let them go again? Right. Am I going to recommend that friend? So if they come home and they're wired and they're miserable and they're complaining, I'm like, you know what? I don't know if we're going right. to do this. Yeah. So it's, it's not like, I'm not analyzing how the friend's house looks and what's been right. built and what the furniture is. Did my kid have a good time? I yeah. feel like Google's like the parent and it's like, all of these people are my children. Did they have a nice time at your house? If yes, I'll, I'll give more opportunities for more people to come to your house. And if not, uh-uh, into the doghouse you go. Yeah, it's, it's the experience of it, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily how it looks or how it feels or how it smells. Uh, they can, it can be looking very, very- That's where analytics is so important because you're watching your analytics. Are there industry standards in the analytics for bounce rates and time on site? Does it vary by industry? Is there a standard across the board, baselines? Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, yes and no, I guess. Uh, bounce rate, okay. Things like bounce rate, the lower the better. Obviously, Obviously. Uh, if you are if you are a service industry, when you sell services, not products, if it's under fifty percent, you're okay, and then from that goes the lower the better. If you are in e-commerce industry selling products, then it should be around 30 35 percent or lower. Uh, other things like time on page, or exit rates, or how many pages pages per session. How many pages do users go to uh, per visit on your website? Um, those things depend severely on your industry and what your website is trying to do. Uh, if, let's say, your website is like a landing page where it's literally one page and people can call from there or fill out a form right there, it's used a lot for uh, like uh, marketing campaigns, advertising campaigns, and things like that because it's literally one page, you would expect bounce rate be well pretty much 100% because people can't really do anything. Or conversion rates there. Uh, let's say you only have a phone number there and you can't really track 
uh, let's say, a form submissions, well, it will look like for uh, the, the conversion rate is very low, but it could be actually really good. So it kind of depends on the goal of the website. But generically, it's either the lower the, the, lower the better or the higher the better. So uh, in terms of bounce rate, exit rates, the lower the better. In terms of time on page, pages per session, the higher the better. Okay. And there's no like standard for time on pages or exit rates because it really depends on your goals and your industry. Not, yeah, not, not, there's not really standards. But think about it like this. As a normal user of the website, let's say, let's say you know that if somebody goes to your website, they have to click, obviously they have to go on like a homepage and then at least they have to go to the contact page to find a phone number or a contact form. That means that in order for you to have good user experience, you should see the metric of average pages per session of two. Does that make sense? Because they have to go to two pages. They have to go to two pages. That does make sense. So would it be better because again, over let's say the last five years, right? Some of the biggest trends in websites is getting rid of multiple pages, making single scroll pages, making them really long. Um, now the tech is advancing, but let's say five years ago, right? Name of the game was try to get it all onto one page because people open on their mobile, their mobiles are slow and they scroll, 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 and they're not gonna bounce off because once they click something, it takes too long to load. So now it is changing, but I guess my question is, would it, is it still advisable to go for the one scroll where the contact is at the bottom or is that worse for quote unquote SEO purposes because it looks to Google like no one ever left that first page because there is no other page. Uh, in, in that sense, for SEO industry, one pagers are bad. And that's kind of, that's, that's the content to track. Like we once came across a website, the guy was, couldn't even find him when you looked for him. It was really, really bad. And it was because he had a one pager and a lot of it was images. Even the words were put up as image files. There right. was no content for Google to index. Right, it exactly, was, exactly. You couldn't even find his name. It was right. like, how do you expect them to find you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, again, it kind of, um, it does depend on the gold and things like that. But the idea is, can you explain everything your business does in one page of content? Typically, no. In, for freelancers or micro service businesses, they really can. They can, but at that point, the SEO is not their game. Like if you're some kind of freelancer, like a, uh, like a small guy does, job, does, does the work at nights and on weekends, your game plan is not SEO. Your game plan is word of mouth, uh, just refer uh, referrals and things like that. So you would not really care when, well, I was a freelancer. I did not care about if my website ranked. Um, and now when we're a full company, well, at that point, it actually matters a lot. So we do have to expand content. We do have to have the blog. We do have to have every uh, page per service and things like that because we are expanding in terms of the size of the business, in terms of services, in terms of what we can provide. And at that point, it's impossible to explain everything we do in one page. Yeah, no, that makes total sense to me. And I like that you made that differentiation. Yeah. Okay, we have to get to number four. Sorry, I keep interrupting. Right. Uh, yeah, so the last ingredient of SEO is backlinks. Oh boy, uh, probably the most under, not understood, difficult to understand, difficult to wrap your head around what it is, why it's important. 
So, in short, backlinks are any other websites linking to your website. Why is it important? The easiest comparison is recommendation in online world. So, in real world, how do you know if a given hairdresser is good? Recommendations from your friends, from online world, whatever it is, right? People tell you, that guy, that guy, right? So, the same thing in the online world, how does Google know which of three, five, ten agencies is the best for SEO? Well, they look at who is saying online, that guy, the same thing. So when you are having a link from a third-party website, it's like a recommendation in the eyes of Google. Therefore, the more of them you have, the better. Now, at the same time, uh, think about it in the sense that in real world, who do you trust more? Your spouse, your best friend, or a random guy on the street you never met? There is that kind of quality too. The same thing in online world. If Wikipedia says that guy, most likely that's pretty good recommendation versus some kind of spammy little website, it doesn't matter. So uh, there is quantity and quality. Uh, that's probably the short summary yeah, short like way to explain it and it's actually yeah. so I'll, I'll just i'll give a super easy simple example right um so we have a company called strand consulting and uh, i when i started this podcast already over two years ago with like should be in the company i was like no i'm gonna put that on my name you know like because everyone said like that was now personal brands are like the it right but then it was like it was the uptick of it, but it wasn't as strong as today. We were two and a half years ago already. And so I was like, okay, fine. Yeah, personal brands are becoming a thing. Okay, I'll put it on my name. So we put up that site. Now, my company site had been around, what, five, seven years at that point, right? We put up my site and there's nothing on it, okay? There's like a me and an about me and the podcast. That's the whole flipping thing. And it immediately ranks higher and it consistently ranks better. And we did a little research. I'm like, I don't understand. My other site's around forever. It's got all the stuff on it. It's got all the material. It's got nothing on it. What did it have? It had the podcast. It had all the backlinks. Yep. It had all the links. But first of all, it had all the content from the shows because, right. you know, do a summary of every episode. And then it had all the backlinks from the guests posting the shows on their sites and linking to my site. Yeah. Google's like, well, this site is obviously cooler. We shut down the company site. A year and a half ago. It wasn't worth it. No one ever found it. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And it would find the reference to the company on my personal brand site. Yeah. <laughs> That's yep. what happened. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, proof positive exactly what you're saying. I figured it out experientially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are the four main ingredients. I love it. I absolutely love it. And if I you kind of uh, tick all those four boxes, then you're going to be good. And one of the good things is if you do it right, if you don't use any spammy techniques, if you don't try to trick Google or use some weird stuff, it's kind of evergreen. No matter what Google does in the future, you're kind of future-proof. Because again, at the end of the day, what matters to Google is user experience. Are people who are searching getting the right result? So if you write good content, which provides value, if your website loads quickly, if you have a lot of recommendations, and if uh, your user experience on the website is good, that's it. That's all you need. That, that's what you, uh, Google cares about. Therefore, you're going to drink it.
I love it. Um, oh, I have so many more questions. I feel like we could talk for a lot longer. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. But okay. maybe, I, maybe I'll have to come back at some point. We might have to come back. We might have to come back. Um, so I guess my last question is not even the SEO question. It's more like, where are you at now with the business, right? So you've had such a journey. You obviously know your stuff really, really well. What's a current business challenge? All right. Uh, so when I started Regex, it was pretty just me. Uh, zero, zero dollar in the bank, no investment in time, nothing like that. Now we are 14 full-time people, about 40 or so contractors, and we're expanding. So really the main challenge is that expansion, how to uh, grow business, how to get um, bigger clients. I think it's really a, a kind of like a problem for any business. Uh, for us specifically, uh, the biggest challenge currently is um, HR basically, like uh, finding really good people who can work with us, who we can uh, trust in the sense of they're gonna do work and we can train them and they know what they're doing and all that goodness. Uh, it's probably been one of our biggest challenges overall for quite a few years. We're trying to get better at that, but uh, there's still a lot of room to grow. So can I give you some information of stuff that we use in our company with our clients? For sure. So especially because you're in marketing, I'm going to take this angle, there's a few different angles, but you do marketing for staff. And when I say marketing, I don't mean advertising the same way when you do quote unquote marketing, and that's a much bigger conversation, you pinpoint your target avatar right. and then you build a strategy to reach them. Right. Same for staffing. You create it. We create profiles for staff, right? We not only technical profile, right? So I go on three metrics, skills and experience, personality profile, and life stage. In a small business in America, under 50 employees, a lot of the stuff that's illegal in the bigger companies is legal because a small business lives and dies on its few people. So looking at someone where they're at in their life, again, this is not in a mean or any discriminatory way, but right. someone who's recovering from an illness, dealing with a divorce, has a bunch of small children, is single, travels all the time for a different reason, like those things really matter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you use difference sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. Sometimes you right. want, like I have sometimes targeted, our company is full of young moms and we right. were set up. Sometimes it hits hard, uh, but it's one of my passions because that's one of the reasons I started my company as a young mom with my three little kids. Like I wanted to be able to have that balance. And so it's something I give back to my team. So in our company, there is no job that's not known by at least two people. When those two people both go off with issues with the kid on the same day, we have a problem, but everything right. has to um, And sometimes you'll specifically want someone who wants to work part-time from home with flexibility. That's your ideal candidate. Sometimes you want right. someone who is single, has the flexibility, desires to travel. So that's significant. Personality profile is a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Yes. So you target them. That makes a huge difference. And you target them before you do anything else. Not only designing the job description, which I'm sure you do, but design your staff avatar. Right. And sometimes it's, it's based on hindsight because that's always 2020. It's like, yeah. oh, we hired this person. We didn't realize that was a problem. The next person is going to do this is going to need that. And you're, you're fleshing out the avatar. Yeah, I, I think our not problem, we are very picky. Uh, we, we are very demanding. And our core staff, 
they have been with us pretty much almost since the beginning. And our core people are very good people and trust them 100%. Uh, it's, it, we always want to try to find that gem, right? And of course, there are not that many gems. And that's, that's kind of the, where we are. Yeah, but here's the thing. What gets you from A to B doesn't get you from B to C. The fact that those kinds of people as a core team got you here, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be nice to have a full staff of them, but it's not necessarily what you need. How so? Ah, the paradigm shift. There's a <laughs> crack in the door. So like this, when, let's say, let's take like a law firm. I feel like that's an easy example. A law firm starts, maybe there's three, four partners, right? And they're all A players, super A players. That's how they found this firm. But now they want to start growing. Do they need to hire players at their level to keep growing? Or can they find more niche people who maybe aren't as well-rounded, maybe not as universally capable, but they can get, let's say for every one of them, they can get five people who can each do a fifth of what each of them can do and pay them a 10. Yeah, that, that would be nice. <laughs> when you break it down like that and you look for not only direct skills and experience, but what we call transferable skills and experience, right. you know, where someone who's been an event planner can be a project manager and vice versa because it's logistics coordination. So right. someone with any kind of logistics experience can transfer that to other logistical type position. Right. Right. Um, someone who's had any kind of, of sales experience can transfer that into any type of customer service and vice versa. So there's a lot of, and when you take transferable skills, there are two big benefits for, for small businesses. One is the fact that you get to mold them yourself, right? They're not coming in with like a yeah. way of doing things. And at the same time, they're, they're quick on the uptake because they have the basic knowledge they don't even realize they have. And two, and don't think I'm mean here, guys, but they cost less in the beginning, right? Because someone who's done exactly this job before is looking for a raise. Right. Someone who's transferring is looking for something new and it's a win for everybody. And the reason it's not mean or quote unquote taking advantage, you're winning, you're paying less. They're winning, they're learning a new skill. Right. Both win. Everybody, I like things where one plus one equals 157, right? right? Like, it's exponentially better. Everybody wins. You get the person you can mold them in there, especially when you're particular about how you do things. Taking someone like we've looked, because we do marketing, very seldom can I hire someone who has a strong marketing background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. A specific way of doing things. It's like if you have a strong marketing background, you either have to be extremely adaptable or, or just be bluffing like you don't actually know what you're doing. Because if you know what you're doing, you really you know what you're doing, you've got a way to do things. Right. You have to yeah. do it my way, which means I love you. You're great. I might recommend people to you, but you can't work for me. Right. Because we do things my way. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, actually, if you look at it, all of our staff, core staff, they're all, we molded them into what they are. They, they come from different industries or even starting from students. And yeah, uh, yeah we kind of. So, so you do that again. So you look for transferable skills and yeah. you don't have to look for the same star A player. Right? You, you get someone, there's this book, and I don't remember what it's called, but it's something like A players and B players. And the idea is to get the A player for that position in its limited context. Right? So if I need a data person, I want an A player data person. I don't need a COO. I right. need a data yeah. So it's, it's completely different 
what you might be talking about is just dedication, personality profile. And for that, you would look at cultures. You would look a lot at, at culture and backgrounds and all the things that you'd never be allowed to discriminate against in a larger company. Um, but, but you would because that would give you what you want in the simplest, fastest way. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a very good approach. And we're trying to basically do exactly that, yeah. So you're on track. And then do you, how do you do training? So one of the simplest training things, and then, oh, we really should go, but I have to say, this is a training. And it's just, it's, it's one, two, three, literally. I, we, you. I has one letter, we has two letters, you has three letters. It's a one, two, three training, okay? So level one, and level one can last for an hour, a day, a week, a month, a year. Um, I do it, you watch me. I do it, you watch me. I do it, you watch me. Do it again and again until I feel like you've started to get it. Then we move to level two. We do it together. Right, so we're working together. I'm doing some, you're doing some, we're hanging out. Yeah. Once I feel like you've got it enough, you do it, level three, there's three letters, and I watch you. Until right. I'm satisfied that you've got a handle on this, now we can move on. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's exactly the way we do it, too. <laughs> you're on track, it's just a matter of time. It and is a matter of time, absolutely, yeah. A matter of belief in time and, and focus instead of like how all the people that are coming in are not nearly as good as the original core staff, what is good about each of them and where can they fit? Because they don't need to be the same. Yeah. Helps you grow doesn't help you scale. It really is different. You need yeah. a different kind of people. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a very good approach. I agree. Cool. I'm glad we agree. Okay. So tell everybody where they can find you, where can they find out more about you and your amazing SEO services? All right. Uh, so if anybody out there is looking for any type of digital marketing, uh, marketing services, you can go to our website. Uh, regexseo.com uh, the regex stands for regular expressions so r-e-g-e-x seo for search engine optimization regexseo.com or you can reach out to me directly or on pretty much any social media uh, twitter linkedin all those things uh, i go by handle digital spaceman we are in houston so <laughs> sorry um, we're in houston we our our whole branding is around NASA. Uh, you kind of probably can see right there on the wall. We have a very uh, space theme, like a cool artwork. Yeah. Uh, if you go to our website, you'll obviously you'll you'll see that it's obvious we're uh, very much about space expanding the horizons and reaching new levels. It, it goes very well with our brand strategy. So yeah, digital spaceman on Twitters and LinkedIn's and all those places. That's, that's, that's it. That's how you find us. Amazing guys. And we'll put all those links. You can get it on Spotify, iTunes, Google podcasts at the website, sdran.com. And we will write this up. Dimitri, this has been awesome. So surprise, I didn't warn you, but I like to ask for a quote at the end. Quote. It's my favorite one of all time, but it can be, but I love quotes and I love to use them to send people on their way. Uh, so you want a quote from me for the listeners? Yeah, it could be a quote of something you made up or just a favorite quote that you read or like or, or connect to in some way. Uh, okay. Listen to the data. That's I always say. Um, that, that's, that's my life motto. No matter what your feeling is, I don't care. Show me the data. I love that. One of my favorite things about ending the shows like this is that every time find that the quote represents everything you say until now. And it just... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the whole time. Listen to the data. The data yeah. doesn't lie. Your background's in mathematics. You follow the numbers. The numbers don't lie. 
Yeah. Whether you like it, you don't like it. And I, I agree with you. I've seen it again and again and again and again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I, I, wish, I wish I knew that you would ask me that. I have a t-shirt. Uh, it says, uh, talk data to me and has that kind of like a, a lost theory lips. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, play on the words, talk dirty to me. Uh, so yeah, uh, talk data to me. Uh, I am a data nerd. So um, absolutely. Okay, amazing. Dimitri, thank you so much. This has been so fantastic. Guys, for all of you listening, I know you know someone who needs to hear this. So if you're not sharing the love, then the world is a sadder place. And when you are sharing the love, the world is a happier place. Don't you want to make the world a happier place? Do you want to end this episode on some level of a guilt trip? I'm joking. But share this episode with someone who needs to hear it, who needs to learn more about SEO, if they're working on a website, have worked on a website, or courting SEO people, or just in general thinking about business or like learning cool things and listening to Two Geeks Talk. Send them to to listen or to Google, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere that podcasts are consumed. And we will catch you next week. There are a lot of online courses out there and lots of online course academies. So when you want to learn something new, how do you choose? Well, it depends what you're looking for. And if you're looking for the best way to get a premium university level education, then edX is your answer. With over 100 million course enrollments and 152 global partners, you can learn everything from marketing, my personal favorite, to coding, languages, to management skills, and everything in between. You can pay for edX courses to get the full experience and earn verified certificates. But if all you need is to upgrade your skills or knowledge, many can be audited for free. So I don't know what you're waiting for. I checked out edX as soon as I heard this, and you should go right now, or whenever you're not driving, to sign up at edX with our link, www.edx.org slash breakthrough. That's www.edx.org slash breakthrough to get a special discount and access to incredible learning, certifications, and even degrees. www.edx.org slash breakthrough. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?